Come gather ye friends round your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, treachery and high attainder from the worn pages of history. Set aside thine lands in France and support ye instead the rightful claim of your storytellers. Oh come on, now even Pear Bear's messing with the intro! It's nothing sacred anymore. Is there no loyalty to convention? Loyalty is a meaningless word this week, Bilbo, because we're doing the Wars of the Roses, a conflict with so much backstabbing, side-swapping and base treachery, it's hard to keep track of who's working with who. Wars of the Roses? Why are we doing that? It's hideously overcomplicated and goes on for far too long. Oh, don't tell me. You're going to chop a 30-year-plus conflict for the throne of England into a concise selection of scenes with silly bits and sound effects, aren't you? That is indeed precisely the plan. Why? Because that's what we do, Tombo. That's what we do. But who are we? And what do we reign over? I am your dear Uncle Bob-Bob. 7,436 in line for the throne at the time of recording. Need to thin the herd a little bit. I have plans. I am Uncle Bilbo, Lord Protector of the North, through right of conquest. Conquest of what? The heart of every mum north of Nottingham. They only put this in here because they know how, how uncomfortable it makes me. I am the overly enthusiastic but secretly treasonous part-time master of the privy chamber known only as the Pear Bear. And I am Tombo. Third Earl of Sleepless Nights, seventh Duke of Overfilled Nappies, and commander of an entire shed. This, good my friends, is the Silly History Boy Show. Now, as I see it, the biggest problem with the War of the Roses is it's long and boring. I mean, it's it's picking where to start. How about the death of Edward the Third. The death of Richard the Second. Henry V's victory at Agincourt. The accession of Henry the Sixth. There's too many options. Worry ye not, silly history boys, because we ain't starting with any of those. What? what? No, we're starting with all of them. Roll the previously. Previously on the Plantagenets. Ah! I, King Edward III, am dying, and my son, Edward the Black Prince, heir to the throne, is already dead, and oh man, what a terrible year 1377 is turning out to be. Oh no, father, you can't die. Certainly not without naming an heir. Might I suggest me, Lionel of Antwerp, your second surviving son after Edward. King Lionel? Are you mad? I I thought I was the one who just had a stroke. No, no, my boy, you can't be king. King Lionel. No one would ever take England seriously ever again. Then what about me, father? John of Gaunt, first Earl of Lancaster. Remember me? I'm your third surviving son, you know. And my name is way less silly than Lionel's. Hey! Now, now, let's not be so hasty. Father, you could always pick me, Edmund of Langley. First Duke of York, you wouldn't think I were your fourth surviving son, would you? Oh, too many sons. Too many sons. That's the problem. None of you will rule. My grandson, Richard, son of the Black Prince, he shall be king. But he's ten. Come on, he'll be fine. Oh, and John, 
Don't you raise your son, Henry of Bolingbroke, in such a fashion that he will eventually win the hearts of the common people and then overthrow and murder Richard. Don't do that. That you must not do. Wouldn't dream of it, father. Unless, of course, Richard manages to anger the population to such an extent that his overthrow becomes inevitable. Father? Father? He's dead. Long live Richard II. Four years later. We, the common people of England, have marched here to London to speak our grievances to King Richard II. I, Wat Tyler, am the voice of the people. We seek an end to the feudal system. Do you stand ready to negotiate, your majesty? Yes, of course. How could I, a mere lad of 14 years of age, want anything but the best for my people? Sir William Walworth, Mayor of London. Uh, yes, my liege. Begin the negotiations. With pleasure. Wait a minute. We've only come to speak. <laughs> right, that's the negotiating done with. Listen up, you smelly poor people. Go away or I'll negotiate the lot of you. I'm the king, and it's the year 1381, so there's not a thing on God's earth any of you can do about it. Now, clear off! Excellent kinging, your majesty. Don't be a suck-up, Woolworth. Eighteen years later. I, Henry Bolingbroke, will be king. He will not. I'm the king. Not anymore, you're not. You have earned the hatred of the common people of England, Richard II. So, what difference does that make? Nobody cares what the commoners think. Ah, but you've also earned the hatred of the rich people, too. Are the nobles? Oh, no! Yup. So now you shall be imprisoned in Pontefract Castle for the rest of your days. Oh, where I shall live a long but lonely life. Um, no, not really. More a brutally cut short with a hot poker up your bum kind of life. But hey-ho, long live me, Henry IV of England. Fourteen years later. Henry IV is dead. Long live Henry V. Hooray for me. Right, let's go do some Agincourt and whatnot. Woof. Nine years later. Henry V is dead. Long live Henry VI. Wait a minute. That king is a babe of only nine months old. Whatever will we do? And now, the next chapter of The Plantagenets. Even the previously was too long. Yeah, it, it, it did. It did go on a bit. But now Pepe has given us these lines talking about how long it was, which means there's no way we can make him cut any of it. Monstrous. Genius, more like. Now the dear listener has a solid grasp of the events that led to the reign of Henry VI. Solid? You didn't even mention the Hundred Years' War. Blast, you're right. Uh, go and listen to the Joan of Arc episode, dear listener. There's a lot in there that affects what's going on in this episode. Plus, you know, Bob Bob's God in it, so, uh, well, there's that. But how are we going to start this story? <gasps> the narrative Ardalada stands unlocked 
and ready. Then let us step inside and see where it takes us. As usual, Pear Bear's taking an age to get going and there's a lot of stuff to cover. That's not how it works. One does not simply walk into the narrative Ardalada. How does it work then? I'm genuinely confused about what the narrative Ardalada is. Uh, pew pew. For the purposes of today, that's exactly how it works. Get in, gentlemen, and let us begin our tale. What's this? Another ship? Oh no, I thought we were done with pirates for now. Pirates in the English Channel? I certainly hope not. Who are you? I am William de la Pole, first Duke of Suffolk. Though I might ask you the same question, who are you? Hello, your Dukeness. I'm Bilbo, and this tired and grumpy looking man is Tombo. Greetings. A pleasure to meet you. Welcome aboard the good ship Exposition in this, the year of our Lord, 1450. That can't be its real name. For the purposes of this scene, it is. Okay, so we're on a ship sailing the English Channel in the year 1450. Where are we going? Calais! Why? Yeah. Well, Mr. Zombo, that's quite a tale. Let's just say I'm a bit down on the old luck at the moment. I've been banished by the king for five years for plotting with the French. Of course, the charges are all nonsense. I, I barely did any plotting at all. Hardly any. Isn't... Barely any plotting still plotting. And don't people normally get their head chopped off for that? You're absolutely right, young Bilbo. Normally, they do. Fortunately, the king, level six, has a soft spot for me due to my long career of the singlish service to him. So instead of losing me noggin, it's just a spot of banishment. Hey-ho! Could be worse. What sort of distinguished service? Where to begin, Bilbo? My lengthy military service in France as part of what you called the Hundred Years' War? Or maybe the time I married the Queen on the King's behalf? You married the Queen on his behalf? Yes, indeed. Twas six years ago, 1444, I was sent to stand in for the King for his marriage to Margaret of Anjou. Twas a lovely ceremony, though it could be argued that my misfortunes began there. Oh, hang on, I know this bit. Part of the marriage negotiations were that Maine and Anjou would be returned to French rule. A very unpopular decision, especially as it was a secret bit that no one was told about. That's it, Bilbo. The English soldiers in Maine and Anjou were having none of it, and a lot of fighting broke out. That annoyed the French king, Charles VII, and over the last few years, the French have, by force of arms, driven the English out of pretty much all of what used to be the English bits of France. Rouen is lost, as is Normandy. All the English have left is Calais and Garcony. How is that the start of your misfortunes, though? Because everyone blamed it on me, Tombo, that's why. Oh, right. And then, combined with the accusations of plotting, it was all looking pretty grim. I was locked up in the Tower of London and I was facing execution until Henry stepped in and changed it to banishment. Phew, phew! Precisely. I once had a soothsayer tell me that I would die within sight of the tower. So, you can probably imagine my relief at being sent a long way away from it. Forgive me, but it, but it sounds more like the king who's not doing a very good job. That's a dangerous thing to say, Bilbo. Though in many ways you're right. Henry is, well, let's just say he's not very decisive. 
He was made king at only nine months old, and so for the first 16 years of his reign, the nobility has ruled England in his place. There has been a lot of infighting and arguing amongst them, and we were all hoping that when Henry was given the power, he'd, he'd sort them out. But he hasn't. Um, you dupeness, is that a ship carrying an angry mob over there? And is it chasing us? Why, yes, Bilbo, you would appear to be correct. Pirates, quick, let's get out of here. But we're on a ship, where do we go? Follow me. Are you following your friend, Bilbo? Not a chance. This is my best cut-off t-shirt. No way I'm getting it wet. You there. Hand over the Duke of Suffolk. He's to be given a fair trial by this angry mob for his treachery. We're sending a boat over for you to give him to us. But he's been banished by the king. No trial needed. We're doing it anyway. The people of England require someone to blame for King Henry VI's terrible kinging, and we've decided on Suffolk. I mean, we've decided to fairly and patiently hear his side of the story. I don't think you should go, your Ducasty. Come worry, Bill. I'm sure it'll be fine. They did say a fair trial, after all. Right, I'm climbing on board the boat. Worry ye not, good sir. Hello there. Let the trial begin. What? Here in the rowing boat? Yep. I represent the people of England who think our rubbish king let you off too lightly after you lost all of our land in France. I didn't lose it. It was a long and complicated sequence of unfortunate events. The English people have been taxed to breaking point to pay for the war in France, and we've had enough. As the captain of the ship, Nicholas of the Tower, that ship just over there that you're standing in sight of, I find you guilty of treason. Tower. Oh, no. The sentence is death. You can't do this! I'm the Duke of Suffolk! Oh my god! They cut off his head! Oh, I am out of here, Hugh! Where did you two go? And why are you all wet? Because your narrative put us on a ship that was being attacked by pirates! Pirates! Well, it weren't pirates, actually. It was more a ship full of discontented people looking for reparation in blood due to the actions of the Crown. That's literally the definition of a pirate. Oh, stop moaning, you lot. Thanks to that little adventure, we and the listener now know that England in 1450 is at breaking point. Nearly all the lands gained in the Hundred Years' War have been lost. The common people are sick to death of paying for it, and a weak king sits on the English throne. Couldn't you have just said that rather than sending us yet again into hideous peril? Well, I suppose so, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near as entertaining. Right, that's William de la Pole, first Duke of Suffolk covered. Yeah, killed by a mob on a boat in the sea. What happens next? Uh, oh, yes, Suffolk's murder fails to appease the common people, and there's a massive rebellion. The streets of London run red with blood. Please don't send us there. Your Majesty, Queen Margaret! Yes, what is it, Somerset? Aren't you supposed to be in Calais? Lost more land in France, have you? Or have you retreated again? There's fighting in the streets of London, ma'am. Bodies are piled three deep on London Bridge. The commoners are rebelling! This is an outrage. 
Why aren't the poor people doing what they're told? They're calling it Jack Cade's Rebellion, Your Majesty. They say they want an end to all the brutal taxes and for the king to stop being rubbish. Where is the king, by the way? Suffolk getting his head chopped off by a mob scared him. So he's left London for a bit. He's not even here? What can we do about the mob? Stop panicking, Somerset, you awful little weasel. I am Queen, and more than capable of dealing with a grumpy bunch of commoners. Here's what we're going to do. Firstly, we're going to push the mob back out of the city. How? With soldiers, moron. Then once they're out of the gates, we're going to tell them that anyone who surrenders will be pardoned. That will take the wind out of their sails until the king returns. We're just going to let them go? Of course not. Once the mob has dispersed, we'll have the names of all the people who surrendered. We can then round them up and deal with them at our leisure. As my queen commands. Oh, oh, hang on, my lady, look. The people of London are fighting back and have pushed the mob out themselves. Well, that's a spot of good news. See? A queen is just as good as a king at this sort of thing. That's right, dear listener. The people of London got so annoyed at the Cade's Rebellion mob looting and smashing everything that they rose up and pushed them out of London without any help from soldiers. Orders were given to pardon those who had rebelled so long as they went away. Most did. Those who didn't were soon arrested and executed. England had reached boiling It needed a king who could show a strong hand and restore order. But unfortunately, the king it had was Henry VI. Once described by a documentary man from the thing I watched last night on YouTube as a gibbering imbecile. And whilst it did have Queen Margaret, who was far better at ruling than her husband, it was also the 15th century. Girls weren't allowed to be in charge, even if they were good at it. Henry! Henry! Yes, dear? Everyone's ready. You need to call the council to order. What are we ordering? Oh, let's get pizza! That's not been invented yet. Now stop being silly and focus. Yes, dear. I call this council to order. Fabulous ordering, my king. Shut up, Somerset. At once, my queen. Richard of York, call this council to order. Hello, Cousin Richard. It's already been called to order, York. Why are you here? You're supposed to be an island. And you're supposed to be having babies to keep the royal line of succession secure. How's that working out for you, eh? Exactly. Until you pop out an heir, I'm next in line for the throne. So I suggest you remember who you're talking to, girl, eh? How dare you address the Queen in such a manner? How dare you show your scuttling little face around here after all that running away you did in France? Can a face scuttle? What's been going on over here? Well... Don't answer the question, moron. It was rhetorical. I'll tell you. Uprisings, boat beheadings, and a general sense of chaos. That's what's been going on over here. It's all under control. Henry's sorting it all out, aren't you, Henry? Yes, dear. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, of course, we're sorting it. Sorting what out? You can all stop panicking. I'm here, and I've brought 5,000 troops with me. Here for what? Isn't it obvious? I assure you, it's not. Let me say it in a way that your tiny feminine brain can understand. <clears throat> Henry's being a rubbish king, and England needs someone to protect her. 
a Lord Protector, as it were. Someone with a steady hand. Someone able to make the hard choices. Someone whose name rhymes with Blitchard of Blog. That's funny. Somerset, listen, he's talking about your job. Hilarious, your majesty. What? Oh, didn't you hear, York? Henry made Somerset Lord Protector only a few days ago. Perhaps if you'd stayed in Ireland, where you are supposed to be, you'd have heard the news before now. But I'm here to save everybody. We don't need saving, do we, your majesty? (gasps) Do we? my liege. No. See? Everything is fine. Off you go, York. Back to Ireland. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Cousin Richard. Thanks for saving us. No, my king. Richard hasn't saved us. He hasn't? Oh, no. Are we doomed? Do not march an army into the king's city again, my lord of York. It would be a shame if you were branded traitor. I'm no traitor. I'm the most disloyalist you can be. Somerset's the traitor. I'm not. I'm too. Both of you, shut up. York, go back to Ireland. Your help is neither needed nor wanted. Oh, I'll go back to Ireland. Oh, I'll go back. But not at the barking of a little French girly girl who doesn't know her place. I'll only go if my lord, the king, tells me to. Henry... Tell York to go back to Ireland and stay there. Yes, dear. Cousin York, please go back to Ireland and stay there. Thank you very much. Yes, Your Majesty. I will depart at once. And so Richard, Duke of York, returned to Ireland. And for three years, tensions in England continued to mount. Then came 1453 and the loss of Garsony the last English-occupied region in France. The discovery that all the conquests his family had made in the last hundred years had been lost under his reign had a terrible effect on Henry VI. He collapsed into an unresponsive state and would remain like that for the next 18 months. A short time after the king's collapse, Margaret gave birth to their first child, Edward of Westminster. The line of succession had been secured, but all was not well. Somerset was deeply unpopular. And without the king backing him up, more and more of the nobility were calling for the Lord Protector to be arrested. My lord, this protector of the realm, I call this session to order. Let us suppose, my lord Somerset, that we don't. Why wouldn't we, you might ask? Well... Perhaps we're fed up of you taxing us in the name of the king to fill your own pockets. Perhaps we'll think that you, weasel-faced surrender monkey that you are, are not up to the job of protecting the realm. Richard Neville, Earl of Warwick, you forget yourself, my lord. Oh, my queen, you should know that Richard Earl of Warwick misses nothing and forgets nothing. But if you have forgotten that situation, then allow me to remind you. Our king is bedridden, unconscious. I hear he has to go for a wee in a little bag, a little brown bag. He is unable to rule, and our Lord Protector is at best an incompetent fool. Tell me, Your Majesty, did I miss anything? And who else, precisely, do you think can do my job? Your job? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Surprise! Did you miss me? Oh, no. 
That's right, me, Richard of York. I'm here to save us. Save us from Somerset and his stupid face. Guards, lock Somerset up in the Tower of London and throw away the key. Are you sure about that, my lord? What if we need the key later on? Not literally. It's an expression. You ruined this for me. Just, just take Somerset away. Get your hands off me. I'm the Lord Protector. Your Majesty, my Queen, make him stop it. Make them get their hands off me. Your Majesty, My Lord of York, this is an outrage. Sorry, Queenie, but everything's gone to the dogs. And there's only one person who can protect the realm properly. I'll give you a clue. He's got two thumbs and he's right here. It's an audio format, you idiot. The listener can't see what you're doing with your thumbs. I'm pointing them at me, dear listener. Richard of York. I am the two-thumbed man. All right. Here's a counter-offer for you. I will rule in Henry's place. Me, the Queen. <laughs> what do you think this is? The 16th century? Well, I've got some bad news for you, sister. It's the 15th century. Looks like I just got the job. Hooray for me! Whose house? Dick's house. I say whose house? I Dick's house. Now, if you all don't mind, Warwick and I have some political manoeuvring to do. Uh, Warwick, I'm going to need a hard cut to around 18 months from now. Go! Everything's going great. Christmas Day, 1454, and all is well. It was indeed a most gratifying hard cut, my lord. And it has certainly been a profitable year and a half or so for you and I. Nothing can stop us now, Warwick. Ah, we're gonna protect the realm for as long as we live. Joyous news, my lords. Somerset, who let you out of the tower? I did. What? Wait, that's not possible. Unless... The king has made a full recovery. Hello, Cousin Richard. I'm back. Margaret told me you'd accidentally locked my good chum Somerset up in the tower. But don't worry, I've set him free again. And now he can have his old job back and you can go and put your feet up for a bit. That'll be nice for you, won't it? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Ah, oh, yes, my king. That would oh, that'd be so, so good. Top, top job. Margaret then showed me uh, that I've got a new son now. So that's exciting. You know, I said... Doesn't he look a bit like Somerset? But then she got very angry with me and told me off, so I won't be saying that anymore. What? We won't be needing you anymore. That's what His Majesty said. Be gone. You can't do this. I'm the Lord Protector. He is. Parliament voted upon it. I carried the motion myself. Maybe. Ah, but the King has ordered me to do it. That trumps your Parliament. So there! My King! Yes, Cousin Richard? You're being advised terribly by these people. Am I? Is this true, Margaret? Of course it's not, Henry. We're on your side. Well, good. I'm glad that's all settled. Now say goodbye to Cousin Richard. Goodbye, Cousin Richard. I will save you from these fiends, my liege. I swear it. Come, Warwick. It's time to gather our troops. I shall fly at once, my lord, on winds of smugness to assemble our army. My Lord of York. What? Merry Christmas.
The following four months passed quickly, and Richard of York was as good as his word. Along with Warwick and Warwick's father, the Earl of Salisbury, they mustered a force of nearly 7,000 troops, and in May 1455 started the march to London. On the 22nd of May, they arrived at St Albans, just north of London, and found that the town had been fortified by the King's army. It was here that the first battle of the War of the Roses would take place. Henry's forces numbered only 2,000 men, they had the better positioning, placed as they were behind barricades that had been erected in the streets. Leading the King's army was the Duke of Buckingham, Humphrey Stafford, who had been given the job over Somerset by Henry at the last minute, either due to fears of York and Somerset's hatred for each other, or because of Somerset's dreadful military record in France. Somerset was present, however, as was Henry Percy, 2nd Earl of Northumberland, and his ally Thomas Clifford, 8th Baron de Clifford. These two had a hatred for Warwick and Salisbury that stretched back generations. Apparently, one had snubbed the other at a barbecue. And All the tensions of the last 30 years were about to come to a head. Letters between two sides were sent back and forth, seeking any chance of avoiding a fight. But alas, York became convinced that the king wasn't even receiving his messages. This is no good. I find it hard to believe that the king is even reading what we're sending to him. I'd be surprised if the king can read at all, my lord. He is quite stupid. But even if he could, I doubt his advisers would tell him that we've come in peace. I do so dislike conniving people, my lord. Have we come here peacefully, my son? Well, of course not, father, but then that's beside the point, isn't it? Here's what we're going to do. Full frontal assault. Smash through their lines. Rescue the king and kill Somerset. Ah, ah, Richard, ah, you're so amazing. Ah, kiss me. How's that sound? As long as we kill Northumberland and Clifford too, sounds good to me. I hate those guys. A bold strategy, my lord, but might I suggest a less stupid alternative. York and Salisbury charged their men into St Albans. The fighting in the narrow streets was brutal and bloody, and York's men started taking heavy losses as they strove to fight their way through the barricades. Well, this is nice, isn't it, Buckingham? Sitting here in the market square getting some fresh air. Although it's a shame none of the market stalls are open. Could be doing a bit of shopping, couldn't they? <laughs> As I've already explained repeatedly, Your Majesty, your cousin, the Duke of York, has raised troops against you. We've placed you here surrounded by soldiers to protect you from the fighting that even now is taking place in the streets. Cousin Richard is here. Oh, that's nice. Perhaps he could come and do some shopping too. A doubtful, my liege. It's more likely that he's... Wait, what's that? Warwick! Little escapes you, my Lord Buckingham, though it appears that you did forget to fortify all the back alleys and gardens. It's been a very pleasant straw to reach you and the King with my men. You beast! Stand down immediately! I am here to protect the King with my life. A noble gesture, my good Lord, but allow me to propose an alternative. Hand over the King to me and I shall let you leave unharmed. Refuse and... Well, I shall invite my archers here for some informal target practice on your face. You wouldn't dare. Oh, but I would. Archers, 
loose. Oh, you've wounded me! Oh, everybody! Save yourself! Right, that's them dealt with. Sneaking my men through the back gardens and taking them completely by surprise. I am... What's the word? A genius. Hello, Warwick. Thanks for my present. What present is that, my liege? This one. It's in my neck. Oh, my God. Which, 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 which one of you shot the king in the neck of an arrow? Nah, I think it was uh, on the left well, flank. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm going to go catatonic for a bit now. Bye. Oh, dear. Men, secure the king and the abbey until the fighting is over. It shouldn't be long now. And Warwick was correct. In fact, the fighting in the first battle of St Albans lasted only half an hour. As news reached them that Buckingham was injured and that the king was now in Warwick's custody, the royalist forces started to flee. Fall back to the castle inn! We can still win this! I doubt it, Somerset. Your friends Clifford and Northumberland are... How do I put this? Oh no! They're dead! Ah! Warwick has the king in custody. I've won. The only thing you have won, York, is your head on a spike when all this is over. This is treason. Ah, protecting his majesty from you and that little French girlie. That's what this is. Now draw your sword and face me in a duel that the history books don't mention. Look away, children. This is not historical. But if the history books don't mention it, then it probably didn't happen. Correct. But this is way cooler than you being stabbed to death by a bunch of normal soldiers. How about they? Harry, this is easy. I only ever sought to serve the realm. Don't care. Die, Somerset. Die and be forgotten. You will die a traitor. A dead man says what? Thought so. Woo! Hooray for me. I mean, hooray. Hooray for Henry. Yeah, you all heard me. Hooray for, hooray for that guy. And thus, Richard of York and his allies were victorious at the First Battle of St. Albans. The First Battle of the Wars of the Roses. At first, all looked well for York. He had the king in his custody, and as Henry had once again become unresponsive, possibly due to getting an arrow in the neck, there was no one to oppose him, being made Lord Protector of the Realm for the second time. But King Henry had no money left. The wars with France left him practically destitute, so York was forced to raise taxes in the king's name. It was a move that ate away at his popularity, and as the year 1456 arrived, the English nobility started to turn against him. I call this council to order. <laughs> hey! Harsh! Don't boo me! I saved all of you! It's not my fault Henry's got no money. Boo! <laughs> Sounds like you're no longer wanted, my Lord of York. Hey! This is a council meeting. No girls allowed. Really? That's not what the King says. Hello, Cousin Richard. I'm back again. Isn't that nice? Oh, no. Your services are, once again, no longer required, York. Off you go. But yes, back off to Ireland with you, Cousin. 
Margaret's told me you've been pretty naughty. All I have done, I have done for you, my king. What a load of nonsense. You did it for yourself. Now clear off or I'll set the massive army I've just raised on you. You won this round, girly. But I'll be back. I thought you'd say that, didn't I, Henry? Yes, dear. You also said that if Cousin Richard did come back, I should, um... What was it again? Strip him and his family of all their lands and titles. That was it. And Warwick and Salisbury, too. <gasps> you wouldn't dare! Oh, we'd dare. Wouldn't we, Henry? Yes, dear. Oh, I'll go. But only only because I, I, I'm bored of this, of, of this terrible job anyway. I mean, who... Who wants all this power? I mean, not me. Not me. Love Island. Bye then. <laughs> Bye, cousin. And so Richard was forced, once again, to return to Ireland and watch as Margaret, who was at this point basically just ruling through the pliable Henry, undid all of the appointments he had made as Lord Protector and replaced those positions in the government with her own allies, who included the new Lords of Somerset and Northumberland, two men desperate to avenge the deaths of their fathers at St Albans. Nearly four years of uneasy peace passed. But in June of 1459, a great council was called in Coventry. Every noble in the realm was invited. Every noble except York and Warwick. It was a calculated and public insult, and Richard of York was having none of it. York, Warwick and Salisbury raised armies, and a battle took place on the 23rd of September at Bloorheath in Staffordshire. York was victorious and swiftly made Warwick commander of Calais, a very powerful military position. But then, on the 12th of October, another battle took place at Ludford Bridge near Ludlow in Shropshire. This time, it was the Royalists that triumphed and York and his allies were forced to flee. The King's army celebrated by sacking Ludlow. You know, just for fun. Margaret wasn't done with York. As good as her word, she had Henry pass an act of attainder against him and Warwick and Salisbury. To a noble, this was a fate worse than death. Their lands and titles were stripped from them, and perhaps even more horribly than that, their entire family lines were disinherited. York, Warwick and Salisbury were left with no other options. Armies were raised and plans were hatched. Salisbury took his army to hold London, whilst Warwick, accompanied by York's first-born son, Edward, Earl of March, rode to Northampton, where the King was in residence. The Battle of Northampton took place on the 10th of July, 1460, and saw Warwick utterly victorious. He seized control of Henry, and preparations were made for York's triumphant return from Ireland. <laughs> This is it, Dickie. This is your moment. Got their attention with the old drawn sword. Now what you've got to do is place your hand on the throne and wait the triumphant applause. All right, here we go. Here we go. And there. Are you here to see the king, my lord? What? No. I mean, yes. What? Why aren't you all clapping? I've saved the kingdom. Again? Perhaps it's because the only thing we need saving from is the three armies that have invaded and are currently rampaging through the country, my lord. Your armies. That's not what this is. Is it not? 
It certainly looks from here like a desperate grab at power by force of arms. Shut your witchy mouth! Mm. Now, this is what is going to happen. Someone is going to get the crown of Henry's head, and they're going to put it on mine. Ooh. Oh, fine, fine, fine! How about this? I will once again be made heir to the throne. Henry is still king, but when he dies, it's my go. We already have an heir to the throne. My son, Edward of Westminster. Not anymore, you don't, girly. Now clear off. I've got Lord Protectoring to do. All in favour of me being heir to the throne because I'm brilliant. Say I. Oh, the eyes have it. Now, Margaret, you can you can go away now and uh, find a fork and stick it truly in yourself because you are, as you say back home, la done. We'll see about that. Margaret was furious. She fled to Scotland, and along with her allies, Somerset, Northumberland, and the Earl of Devon, raised an army of 12,000 men, then marched them south to take Henry back and have her son once more made heir. York, along with Salisbury, moved his army to Sandal Castle in Wakefield to head them off, but they were soon under siege by Margaret's larger forces. He only had 6,000 men with him, but he knew that reinforcements were coming, and so all he had to do was wait for help to arrive and not make any rash decisions. And then one of York's hunting parties was attacked whilst foraging for supplies. So Richard made the rash decision to ride out and attack what he thought was a small group of the enemy. That's it, lads. Get stuck in. Yeah, give it some. Yeah, ooh, nice moves. We'll teach this small and unthreatening force what it means to attack our hunting party. Are you certain this is a good idea, my lord? Surely we're better waiting inside the castle until our reinforcements arrive. Ah, oh, Salisbury, relax, man. Look, it's going fine. It's nice to stretch our legs in the fresh air. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll feel that stretching. Wait a minute. Those aren't our soldiers. No. They're my soldiers, York. We have you surrounded. Archers, loose. Oh, my soldiers, you're killing them all. I think we might be in a spot of bother, my lord. Well, just have to fight our way out. Charge! All them is not me. I'm Richard of York. Lord Protector of the Realm. Look at me go. I'm unstoppable. You to the end to the stop box. Good. Okay, okay, give me one moment. Perhaps, perhaps this has gone all a bit too far, girly girl. Let's, let's talk it out. I have nothing to say to you, my Lord of York. I'll go back to Ireland then, I suppose. No, no, don't thank me and don't worry. I shan't bother you again. Well, on that, at least we are agreed. You shan't be bothering me again. Sir Clifford. Yes, my queen. Bring me his head. With pleasure. Now wait! You, you, you can't do this! I'm Richard of York! Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. That's wow. a bit too violent for a kid's show. Stroke family show. And that was the end of Richard, Duke of York. Fancy that! One of the main characters just got his head chopped off in the first episode. OMG! Now we'll worry about all the other characters. 
That'll keep us engaged for ages. Is no one safe? I suppose we'll have to find out next time, won't we? How much of the Wars of the Roses did we actually cover in this episode? Um, the first five years-ish? What? There's still 25 years to cover. Oh, cripes. It'll be fine. You're next on the script, aren't you, Tombo? Oh, no. There are loads of battles, loads of histories, loads of twists and turns, and I can't afford the time I've got a baby. He's practically walking now. You'll be real. Best get writing. Tune in next time, listener, as we continue our telling of the Wars of the Roses, Tombo style. Until then, we have been the Silly History Boys. And we are, as ever, Sorry! History Boys, episode 29, or All York and No Play Make Dickie a Dull Boy, was written and presented by the Silly History Boys. The parts of Edward III, grown-up Richard II, Suffolk, Warwick, Clifford, plus various other characters, were presented to you this day by Rob Uncle Bob Bob Bond. The parts of American Trailer Guy, Edmund of Langley, William Walworth, Richard of York, and Soldier, Buckingham, plus various other characters, were brought to you by Will, Uncle Bilbo Tristram. The parts of John of Gaunt, Henry IV, Henry V, Henry VI, a guard, plus various other parts, were brought to you by Tom Tombo Fermore. The parts of Lionel of Antwerp, Watt Tyler, Proclaimy Man, Nicholas of the Tower Captain, Somerset, Salisbury, and various other characters were brought to you, because apparently we're bringing all of the characters to you this week, by Stu the Pear Bear Perry. That's me. Hello, everyone. Uh, the part of Her Royal Majesty, Queen Margaret of Anjou, was smashed out of the park. Not just brought, smashed out of the park this week by Beth, Beth Star Furmore. I still think Beth Bo, to go along with Tombo, would work better for that, but I was outvoted. The part of young Richard II was played by Harry Hazmat Pear Bear. And finally, and by no means leastfully, introducing as the voice of the infant Henry VI, young Wilf, Wilf Spain Furmore. I wanted Wilf though. Again, I've been outvoted by his parents. That's the entire Furmore family in this episode. They're going to have their own podcast soon. The Furmores. They're the Furmores. And they're sleepy, because they never get no sleep. Young master, Wilf keeps them up all day and all night but they have to say they love it because they're his parents isn't parenting quite fun anyway i digress but we're on to the music now music this week there was a lot of it so a big thanks to shane ivers at silvermansound.com for his tunes the medieval banquet and magic oh the season Thanks to Scott Buckley for most of the rest of the music. I've become a little bit addicted to Scott Buckley's incredible orchestral music. Thank you, Scott Buckley. And of course, thanks for the theme tune and whatnot to Lord Fastfingers. 
Finally, a big thanks to Zach Splat for all the sound effects, plus additional music as well. I think that's all the thanks to do. Thanks as ever to those who booed us, but that was ages ago now. It's show 29. I doubt any of them are still listening. Um, if you are still listening to the show, even if you haven't sent in booze, you could do us a huge favour, everybody. Please, please leave us a review on your chosen podcast platform. We'd really like to get some more reviews. That would be lovely, because if we get more reviews, then the various podcast platforms will kick in their mega algorithms, and hopefully we'll show up to some more people who haven't heard our show yet, and then they'll listen to our show, and then they'll leave a review, and then they'll reach new people, and then they'll leave a review, and before long, world domination, silly history boys on Netflix. Let's go. All right, that's probably not going to happen. Um, don't forget to hit us up on the Soush, as the kids call it. You can catch us on our various things, Facebook and others. Yes, Twitter. I believe we have a Twitter account. Probably don't use it very much. But anyway, I'm waffling. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next week for the continuation of the Wars of the Roses. Bye-bye. Lord Protector, ruler in disguise. Lord Protector, more than meets the eyes. Lord Protector, Plantagenet wage his battle to destroy the evil forces of everyone else. Hey, hey, oh, hey, girlie.